Welcome to our living room. Moral Tea has gone mobile. Moral Tea has gone mobile. At Endgame Presses booth at the NRB conference. Yep. And we Kevin welcome Jay. you to NRB 2023. Thank and you we're so much. glad to have you. And if you don't mind, would you just introduce yourself? Certainly. So my name is Lathan Watts. I'm Vice President of Public Affairs for Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, Alliance Defending Freedom is the world's largest nonprofit legal organization. Um, so our mission is to advance the God-given right to live and speak the truth. So we defend people of faith, um, their constitutional rights. Uh, most of our litigation falls into kind of five big categories, religious liberty, uh, free speech, the sanctity of life, marriage, and parental rights. So we're a, a Christian ministry. We're considered a nonprofit by the IRS. So we operate on, based on donations, and that allows us to never bill the clients that we represent in court. So no client of ADF ever gets a bill for our services. And when you have cases that go on sometimes many years to get all the way through the court system up to the Supreme Court, um, Honestly, it would bankrupt most people if yeah. we were billing them by the hour yes. like a normal law firm, yeah. and our clients would not be able to make the stand that they're making, but for us operating as a nonprofit. So that's why we operate um, as a 501c3 and supported by generous people around the country and around the world. Okay. So we'll put your website on our. We would appreciate it. Yeah, yes. it's adflegal.org. And that's also where to find us if you need our help. Right. So when someone's in trouble, they call you because their freedoms are being right. Changed. I mean, you don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to be a constitutional scholar to understand. You know, but you do need to know a little bit about your rights to know when they're being infringed upon. Right. And if you know that much, and you or you just think maybe they are, right. that's when you should contact us and let our legal team take a look at what's going on and and determine if uh, you know if we can help, and and we will. But you know, you said something very interesting. You said, if you know your rights. I mean, most of us just lay down and assume that they're telling us what we need to do because right. we're being told. How do we, as people, step up to a digital website, have a listing? I mean, with the exception of going through the Bill of Rights and, you know, going through. Um, well, a lot classes. of us, you know, a lot of us probably still remember from you know, high school mm -hmm. civics, you know, the, the freedoms in the First Amendment, right, and right. most of our cases fall under one of those types of right. protected uh, liberties. Um, but there is a lot of information on our website mm -hmm. about, you know, the, a lot of different cases that we're involved right. in that demonstrate how, you know, or what in government government infringing on those rights, what that looks like. Right. You know, so it may not be that. Uh, that it's happening to you, but you see that it's happened, you know, you read this case and you're like, oh, that sounds like something that happened, you know, in my town, or that sounds like something that if I was in that position, I would want somebody standing up for me, you know, right. so it's a way to educate yourself as well. Uh, a lot of good information on that. Well, no, I appreciate that because I think we all need to know, because sometimes you don't. You're that's, not sure. Right, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but I think all of us have kind of, um, as beings who are, made in the image of God, yes. have an innate sense of right and wrong because right. we're created in His image. And it's that Imago Dei mm. that that's what motivates the, the natural human response to injustice. Yeah. 
because we're made in His image. Right. He's a just God, and That's so it. If your gut is telling you this just isn't right. Probably not. Probably yeah. and you need to, that's probably when you need to get in touch with us. Yeah, I love the way you explain that because you don't typically hear that from your lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm yeah. a recovering attorney. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm part of our communications operations, so my job is to try yeah. to translate the legalese yeah. into English. Well, for but you else. did a very beautiful job well, of that. Thank you. I'll, I'll pass that along to my boss. Yeah. It's performance review time. <laughs> yes. But so, what are the what are the hot topics you want to share with us today? So. Probably the, the case that uh, you, you may have heard about um, is called 303 Creative versus Alanis. And that case was argued in front of the United States Supreme Court back in December. And so the Supreme Court term is coming to an end. And so we're expecting to get their decision in that case. Honestly, it could be as early as this week. Um, but the, the court term will, will wrap up usually mid to late June. So we know it's coming you know, sometime in the next few weeks. And that case is a, a very important free speech case. Uh, our client, Lori Smith, is the owner of 303 Creative. Uh, she's a graphic and website designer. Mm -hmm. And she would like to do custom wedding websites for mm -hmm. clients. Um, but she lives in Colorado. And mm -hmm. she saw what happened to another client of ours yes. named Jack Phillips, uh, the Masterpiece Cake Shop yes. case. She witnessed what he has gone through and is still going through, by the way. He's still in court. We're currently representing him in front of the Colorado State Supreme Court and how right long now. It, that's been We're going on a decade now. Goodness. I mean, his his legal odyssey is now longer than the Trojan War. Um, so Lori saw all this that was going on with him. She shares similar beliefs on the issue of marriage. Yeah. Um, she's willing to serve you know all clients, but she is very particular about what message she's going to create. And so she would like to do custom websites for people's weddings, but she knows how Colorado will treat her if she enters into that portion of the business they're going to try to force her to do a, web, a wedding website for a same-sex couple that by her conscience she just cannot. Same scenario with Jack Phillips creating the custom wedding camp. So she consulted with her pastor and the pastor recommended she contact us and she did and close to seven years ago we filed um, it's called a pre-enforcement challenge and what that means is you shouldn't, it's really a hallmark of the civil rights movement, of civil rights litigation, that you shouldn't have to be forced to break a law mm -hmm. and suffer the consequences of it to demonstrate that it's an unjust law. Mm -hmm. So you file the lawsuit even before the law is applied against you, and that's what she did. Um, and it's now at the Supreme Court. As I said, our CEO, uh, Kristen Wagner, argued it in December. Oral argument went very well, so we're cautiously optimistic we'll, we'll get a win in that case. Um, and what's really at, at stake in that case is the, the, the true meaning of free speech, mm -hmm. right? If Lori wins, really everybody wins. Mm -hmm. So even people that vehemently disagree with her, right. their right to create the messages they want to create or say no to some messages they don't want to create right. would be protected mm -hmm. by her win. Yes. If she loses, then a government that can tell her, you must say this, mm -hmm. they can tell you, yes. you must yeah, say this. Exactly. And it, depending on who's in, in charge of the power. government, right. they may find something you know, that they don't like that you don't, right. uh, that you do, right. or, or vice versa. So it's really censorship and coerced speech are just two sides of the same unconstitutional coin. Right. So hopefully a strong opinion by the Supreme Court will finally settle this issue 
that government cannot force you to speak a message that you disagree with. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and that would be, you know, a great win for her. It'd be a great win for everybody in the country, but it would also probably, hopefully, for Jack, end this nonsense that for him would, too. Yes. You know, as I say, once and for all, the Supreme Court says you cannot do this. How long has she been at this? Her case is, I think, close to seven years now. Wow. Um, it, takes, it can take a long time to get all the way through the court system up to the United States Supreme Court. And, you know, just the fact that the court took the case and is willing to hear that it. That is big. They really only hear about 1% of the appeals that are filed to the Supreme Court. Um, so it's a, the numbers are against you. Um, so just the fact that they're willing to take it says that they are interested, hopefully, in settling this. Well, and I'm appreciative to your organization because there's no way seven years of legal fees. Right. I mean, even if we were just charging the average hourly rate mm-hmm. of an attorney in America, her legal bills and Jack's, you know, 10 years would be astronomical, probably right. seven, eight figures. Um, and they're small business owners. There's no way they could, they could no, do this. No, right. No. So thankfully... You know, we have generous supporters that keep our litigation efforts funded and um, so the clients never get billed for it. And that takes at least one part of the pressure off of them because, honestly, the process itself can be as much of a punishment as a bad outcome can be. Just going through this, you know, for seven years, ten years. Because uh, the baker in Colorado (coughs) has suffered such extremes. Yeah, I mean, you um, name it. I mean, death threats. Um, you know, he's lost a lot of his business. You know, he's at downsize. You know, um, so there's financial implications to that, and just the stress of being sort of this public face of this issue that you never wanted. Nobody wakes up wanting to be a client of ADF. No, right? no, I mean, but we're very thankful you're there. But I do think it's really important. To say again, it's a win-win for everybody because nobody right. wants to be made to do what they exactly disagree Thomas, with. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, you know, mm-hmm. who is probably not the most um, traditionally religious of our right, founding but. fathers, but he referred to religious liberty as the right of conscience. Mm-hmm. And so, even people who aren't particularly religious or mm-hmm. don't have a faith tradition, they should care about religious liberty cases right. because, for the person of faith, that conscience is informed by their religious beliefs. If you're not a person of faith, you still likely have some set of ideas that you want to live your life by. And if the government can force a religious person to violate their conscience, uh, then they can force you to violate the beliefs that you believe in. And you know, the whole point of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution was to limit the, the power of government. If you allow government into the space between man and God, then what limit is there? There is. I mean, if you lose that, just pick your favorite of the rest of the Bill of Rights, because if you lose that, they will They're eventually all, all go away. Yeah. And, you know, another... Think, go ahead. Sir, do you think all of this is the result of um, how we're emotionally driven as Americans and the government being able to more easily manipulate this so that then our rights are infringed upon? You know, there's, a, there's kind of a popular phrase in the culture that says law and politics are always downstream of culture. But I don't really 100% agree with that. I, I think law, politics, and culture, it's more like a whirlpool. Like they're constantly influencing each other. And so 
we obviously you know, are focused on winning in court, but we're also trying to win in the court of public opinion because um, we want a culture that embraces ordered liberty. That was the founder's vision you know, of, our, of our country. Um, and so if we can, if the law can help move the culture, then the culture influences the law. It's, a, it's like a symbiotic relationship, right? So um, you know, a good example is like the, the, like the civil rights movement, right? In, in the Jim Crow South, the culture was not ready for integration. Right. And the law was ahead of the culture right. on that. Right. And the culture adapted to the law. So when it, you know, the law is important because the law can be a teacher. Right. I mean, after after we messed things up in the Garden of Eden, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, beyond that, yeah. after that, right? There are basically three institutions that are divinely ordained to build human civilization: the family, the church, and civil government. Um, if we had not messed things up in the Garden, we wouldn't need civil government. Yeah, no, we would not. Right? But we not. but we did. Mm -hmm. So we do. And so right. the law. Um, I, you know, I love the law. I love working with uh, our clients and our, and our attorneys um, because when we're at our best, those of us in and around the legal profession, we're sort of co-laboring with God to restore some divine order mm. to the chaos that ensued under a tree yes. in Eden, yeah. which is why it's so important that we get the law right. Yes. Because when we get it wrong, it just contributes to the chaos. Yeah, it only goes. Right? And so you get... Yeah, one court ruling this way on an issue and another court ruling another way on an issue and it's like you have to have a moral foundation that's that's what the founders were seeking to protect with the religious liberty aspect of the first amendment the, the proper role of religion in a free civil society you can't have freedom and morality are inextricably linked you must be good enough to be free because if you just have freedom and there's no sense of morality involved the strong will inevitably oppress the yes, weak every time. It's that's anarchy. the whole story of human history, <laughs> yeah, right? right. right. Uh, so that's this sort of idea of ordered liberty. You know, that if you have liberty but no order, it's just chaos. You know, if you have only order but no liberty, then you're in tyranny. Yeah. Right. So it's what kind of makes our country unique in the history of the world. And we, we what you're fighting to is to do something way bigger because we are, you know, a lot of people say we're at a tipping point. There's so many things that are eroding. Right. And overnight. Yeah. And yeah. I think also like trying to keep things in perspective mm -hmm. helps too. Christianity has been countercultural from day one. This is true. We shouldn't be surprised that it's countercultural no, 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 now. No. Right. In fact, if it's not, we're probably doing it wrong. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but we are uniquely blessed to live in a country that is built on the idea that government should never force you into, into a position of choosing between obeying God and obeying government. That's what religious liberty and free speech and all these things are really about. So then what do you do when government who's founded on that idea does so? Mm -hmm. right? Thankfully, they gave us a court system. Right. right. And that's, I consider that a blessing. It is. And we have, you know, Parable of the Talents tells us we'll be held accountable with what we did with the blessings God gave us. Um, and so it, it's not easy being one of our clients, but they take the stand that they do because at some point they realize it's going, it, it becomes bigger than just them. 
I mean, we are absolutely fighting for them. But when we win, especially the Supreme Court case, we create a precedent that protects everyone. And I think that's what inspires them to keep going after year after year and endure what they have to. Well, it does give me appreciation for them that they will stand and you all stand with them and they're not alone but right. appreciation for them as being heroes of free speech they are absolutely yeah. my heroes um, would you say there's as much pressure with public opinion following the case as much as there is actually in court if not more you know it's interesting because most people if they remember some of their basic civics from high school which a lot of people don't they're some people, especially the Supreme Court, decide something and they don't like the, the opinion, you know, get sort of outraged about, you know, that they didn't have a say in it. But the founders set up the federal judiciary with lifetime appointments and gave them sort of immunity to public opinion at the ballot box for a reason. Right. Because in a pure democracy where everybody is just voting on everything, you have the, the potential of a tyranny of the majority. 50% plus one vote yes. can vote to take the rights away yes. of the other 49%. And so when, the, when we, the people, express the popular will through our elected lawmakers, if we express that in a way that runs contrary to the Constitution, it's the judiciary's job to say no. That's why they're immune from, from the ballot box. They should not be influenced by what is popular or unpopular. Their job is to say what the law is and what the Constitution requires. And if they say no, and the people want it bad enough, we have a, an amendment process, we can, and we have. Um, so I think some of what you see, you know, a reaction to certain court decisions is uh, because a lot of people don't have a, a full understanding of this is why, you know, that, that the judges are given this authority. They're a check on the legislature, they're a check on the executive and vice versa. Uh, there have been decisions that came out that the legislature then went and enacted a law because they didn't like the, the outcome of, of a Supreme Court case. That's what led to the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. That's why it was passed. Um, after a case called Employment Division versus Smith, which I won't bore you with the legalese uh, details of. Um, but I think that's why there's such an emotional reaction because for people that don't understand the, the real role of the judiciary, they they somehow feel like they don't have a say in it. Um, but it's important that the judiciary stay independent. Um, because you never know when the what's culturally popular is, is winning. Is going right. to be, you know, if your if your viewpoint is going to be in the cultural popular majority. Right. And if it's not, you want a judge to be able to stand up and right. say no. Right. Yeah. How do you say we win the culture's opinion? Because it's interesting, I, I too find that rather than go based upon fact and letting evidence lead to truth, it's based on emotion and just bits and pieces we see. We don't even have time to absorb information like right. 40, 50 years ago, sit down, read a newspaper, right. actually absorb the information. We have so much access. We have sound bites. Yes. That's it. We, we make so a I'm decision curious on you yeah. think we win the culture's opinion when it's such a massive culture that right. we're up against. So that's part of why we do what we do on the, the communication side of Alliance Defending Freedom. So we talk about our, our clients, we talk about our cases, we do media, and we do national and local and you name it. Because for us, it's not so much that, that we expect or that, you know, I mean, obviously we would love for the culture to agree with our clients. But what's even more important is that the culture 
respects our client's right to live according to their beliefs, even if you disagree with them. It's fine if you don't like what our clients believe. You know, if I sat down with every client that we have, I could probably, if we got in some deep theological discussion, I could probably find points of theology that, that I don't agree with them on. But with my last breath, I would defend their right, their right to live according to what they believe. Because if they can't, I can't either. So, oh, that's huge. Yeah, that's, that's huge. That's, I think, the win in the culture. Yeah. It's not so much that you agree with us on right. you know, right. Christianity or what the Bible says about this topic or that topic. It's right. that you respect the right of people right. to live according to their beliefs, even if you disagree with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a cultural win. You know, and there's some things that, you know, cultures are constantly changing. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where we can say, all right, we got that fixed. You know, let's move on to the next thing. So it's a constant conversation. But what's dangerous right now is that people of faith are being excluded from the conversation. So that's what a lot of our work is about, is making sure that they're allowed to speak. Yeah. Speak what they believe. You know, and live according to what they believe. Yeah, that's the free exercise of religion. That's the second clause of the religion clauses. And I tell people all the time that that's in, that, in the First Amendment where it says, you know, the free exercise of religion is probably the only place in the English language that you will have somebody try to convince you that the word exercise means belief. Mm. Yeah. You're, of course you're free to believe whatever you want. Yeah. But now if you go start acting on those things, well, we may have to have a conversation about right. that. It's like, that's, no, I mean, you don't have to be a lawyer or a constitutional scholar. Just look at the semantics. I mean, exercise implies activity. Yes. I mean, if all it took for me to have six-pack abs yeah. is just to believe in my heart that I have them. Wouldn't it be nice? I would have them, <laughs> right? But I don't because yeah. there's a certain amount of activity involved yes. to get them right. that I'm unwilling to do. Right. Right. Uh, but that would be a very, very dangerous and narrow definition of religious liberty. Right. Yeah, of course, you're free to believe whatever you want. Right. Right. But you know, once you walk out your door and start living according to them, well, I don't know about that. Uh, so that's a long answer to your question, and I apologize for going no, as long. But no, no, it's really, really good. It's one of those things that I don't think you'll ever get to the point where you can say it's fixed, right? right. But every generation has the obligation to continue defending it. Um, well, it makes me hopeful to hear from you um, because in some regard, particularly my generation, I feel like, and even in the past generations, we've dropped the ball for the next generation. And it feels like there's a, a writing of, you know, making it right. Yeah. Leaving something better as a legacy for our next Certainly. generation. I mean, that's why I do what yeah. I do. I have two daughters, you know, 19 and 17. And I've told them many times, you know, God willing, you're going to outlive me. And my goal with what I've dedicated my life's work to is that, you know, when that day comes and we're putting me in the ground, I want you to be able to look at each other and say, the old man did everything he yeah, could. Yeah, he did. He, he fought. He did everything he could. Right. And it's not so it much... No, that fight. You stood. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and, it, and it's not so much... You know, everybody wants their kids to have a better life than they did. And a lot of times we think about that in terms of economy and jobs and, and stuff like that. But it's, if we let these things erode to yes. the point, it's always easier to stop something bad from happening than to try to fix it after yes. it's happened. Right? It's like, I think it's Ben Franklin, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Right, right. 
if, if we don't take the stand now, it will be very, very difficult for my kids and their kids to have the kind of life that I've had. Yes. They will face things that I never had to face. Right. And I don't want yeah. to, you know. Um, so it's personal you know, yeah. for me and for lots of people at ADF, you know, um, dedicated their lives to this. It's like being purposeful with what you know and with what's right in front of you with whatever you can do with your human strength, you know. Absolutely. Um, the duties are the results of God's. Right. Well, there you go. There you go. That's how we look at our work. Right? We've been very fortunate, very blessed to win a lot. You know, year after year, we win north of 80% of the cases we're involved in. We've won 14 Supreme Court cases in the last 12 years. Um, 303 Creative will hopefully be number 15 yes. here in a couple of weeks. we'll be keeping our eye on that um, So, you know, we've got a good track record. Um, we've got great litigators, great appellate lawyers, but um, we're very cognizant of the fact that um, you know, if God's not in it, then you know, it doesn't really matter. No, no. Uh, there's great uh, quote from Ronald Reagan in his second inaugural address where he, he said, uh, I realize we must be cautious in assuming that God's on our side, but I think it's okay to continually check that we're on his side. Yeah. And so that's kind of our approach to our work in the last That's what, That was the question with Joshua. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. if we're on his side yeah. and we're on the side of the Constitution, well, in this country, we should be winning yes. 80% of the time, yes. right? I mean, there's something wrong if we're losing, right? Um, but you know, the, the, best, the best thing about it is seeing these just normal, everyday Americans who are just people of faith just trying to live their life peacefully according to their beliefs never wanted to be you know in the public eye in the public eye but, but once it's thrust upon them they're willing to stand up and so yeah. we're we will stand with them they will yes. so they don't have to stand alone because courage is contagious and oh man that is so wow. good I, know. I want to tell you you made uh, all the lawyer jokes that everybody tells <laughs> obsolete. You just, well, nobody you just likes. like became heroes uh, to us. No, nobody <laughs> likes lawyer jokes more than lawyers. No, yeah. no, no. I, I will tell you a, a tremendous respect for what you all are doing, how you're standing, uh, and how you're you're standing alongside God. God God's doing the battle, but. Yeah, I'm from, originally from Northeast Arkansas and grew up kind of in the country. And there's a country expression that says the best place to pray for a good harvest is standing behind a plow. Yeah. <laughs> Let him we, go. <laughs> right. I mean, we we pray, but yeah. at some point you got to put your hand to the plow. Right. 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 And yeah. that's kind of what we're doing. Uh, well, may the Lord bless you and thank you. And you too. And the fund and I, I would say the name again because I want Alliance keep, Defending Freedom. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Alliance Defending Freedom. And we have right. a million dollar question for you. That's right. The one we've been the asking day we this, asked and, and we, we haven't been able to argue, articulate room. it correctly, and okay. I'm a little worried because your language is so perfect. Right. Um, and we've like had half a protein. That's the first time I've heard that. So. But I see I, Hayden over there, so yeah. I feel confident. Um, <laughs> if you could ask the American public, and you had the platform to reach everybody, what, what was the one question you would ask them? to have them think. What would you do without freedom? Oh, it's a 
sucker punch to the gut. <laughs> that was why was that so? And we don't want to find out that right. answer. No. We don't want to find out, and, and that's that's question. the whole deal with you all. You don't want us to find out that. Absolutely answer. not. I mean, my my grandparents, you know, the World War II generation. Yes. Like, they're the last generation to actually truly face the prospect of yes. what would we do if we lose? Yes. Right. We're now two, three generations removed from that, yes. and you take for granted the things that are common to you. So yes. if you've grown up in freedom, you don't know what it's like yes. not to have it, and you're then human nature is to not place as high a value on it as you should. Right. Uh, but yeah, we work internationally too. I mean, we've, we've had, we've got cases in 60 plus countries right now. If you talk to one of our clients internationally about what we have here, what they would give to have it. Yes. And it's another reason why we have to continue to advance these God-given rights because right. frankly, there's nowhere left to go. There is, I have, I've worked, tried to, it kept me up at night, there's no place. But I want to tell you, uh, my daughter Lily, I, we adopted from China when she was seven and a half years old, uh, and she and Anna Gray are great friends, um, and she's now 21, no, she's 22. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. But a more uh, politically astute young woman you'll never, because yes. she <laughs> will say, and she remembers, don't don't talk about communism right because she remembers right and then I have some friends you know who uh, live came over in the Cuban mm -hmm. and you hear that and you're like don't talk to me about socialism right and we romance it over here and the yeah. deal is we cannot we cannot romance it anymore and so looking back on what our fathers our forefathers have done you all did a great job, and I, I look forward to looking at your website more deeply. ADFlegal.org. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> One we, last plug. <laughs> well, we, we really do appreciate it. It's more than a plug. You're giving us tools to yes. do life. Yes. You know, and Glad so to do it. we want to stand with you, and so we thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank okay, we you. appreciate you.